Hi, I'm here with Tom Hodgkinson from the Idler Academy. And uh, Tom, would you care to tell us uh, about the Idler Academy, what the, the subtitle is? Yeah, the subtitle, there are two subtitles. Uh, the, the full title of the um, Idler Academy is the Idler Academy of Philosophy, Husbandry and Merriment, Bookseller, Coffeehouse, <laughs> School. Okay, so it's three things. It's a, it's a bookshop um, with a cafe attached to it. Uh, but in the evenings and in the days, actually, we, we run courses, events, lectures um, in old-fashioned subjects, like it could be needlework or it could be uh, the study of Latin or grammar or rhetoric or ancient philosophy. Um, and that's mixed in with a programme of uh, talks by well-known writers. And uh, how, how did the whole initiative get started? Well, um, it's based on my magazine, The Idler, which has been going for many years. We started that in 1993. That, that started as a very small um, magazine, um, more like a fanzine. And 18 years later, it still is a very small magazine. <laughs> um, and, uh, but this is like the sort of educational wing of the magazine. Um, and the magazine, uh, it, it's always been about alternative ways of living, alternative ways of looking at your work and your life, you know. Um, and broadly a sort of uh, coming from a kind of anarchist philosophy I guess um, in the sense of uh, not in the sense of smashing up bus stops or shooting people but sort of in the sense of you know um, actually I don't want to work for the state but also I don't want to work for the corporations um, and in fact I think both of those systems are sort of unhelpful for everyday freedom so what do you do you have to go out and create your own life so the idea has always been about that um, We've always done events. My wife, Victoria, who I do it with, she started a, a literary festival um, in Clerkenwell years ago. And the idea there was, uh, it was a kind of hit festival. So it was actually quite influential later, but um, she had lots of young people uh, uh, reading. Um, and, you know, sort of radical, cutting-edge young poets and philosophers and writers and stuff. Uh, and so it was, it was a much more, li much more lively than literary festivals were then. So that was her background. Um, and the way this one actually started was we began it at a festival um, and we were thinking about having our own area at a festival and we just came up with the idea of the academy because it was almost as a joke um, what would we teach as a school and it was kind of like my joke was it was anti-progressive educational uh, philosophy okay because <laughs> my, like, yeah, my, my children are in the state system in England and um, the progressive philosophy has come in you, you don't teach children you let them you bring out what's already in there, this kind of thing. Um, you don't correct their spelling, don't, don't correct their grammar, don't sort of basically teach them anything in case it interrupts the creative flow. <laughs> so um, I used to think that was quite a good idea, but I now realise it's complete nonsense. And um, so we thought it'd be quite fun to start at an Idler's Academy, which had a, an old-fashioned vibe. Um, and I would wear a mortarboard and a gown. <laughs> um, so I'm the headmaster, and it's very strict. You have to be punctual. Uh, and we would teach... And we, we got a small budget to do this idea at a festival. Um, and we thought, well, well, it'd be good to try and make some extra cash out of it because we're not going to make any money. So let's sell some of our books, uh, my books, um, Idler Back Issues, um, and sell teas and coffees and have a tuck shop. Is that, do you know what that would mean, tuck no. shop? So tuck, tuck shop is the, the slang word for the sweet shop, the candy shop at a school, at a boarding school. So you go to boarding school and then in, in, in break you go and get your tuck. And tuck means, you know, your snacks and sweets. So we thought, okay, we'll have a tuck shop, cafe, 
uh, bookshop, kind of a library, um, and this old-fashioned school with blackboards and a, a headmaster with a gown. Um, and invited all sorts of great speakers. Uh, we also we, we had a sewing lesson. We got a, a Savile Row tailor to teach you how to sew a button on properly. Um, so that's, the, that's, that's what husbandry means. It means sort of looking after yourself, veg, vegetable growing. Um, we had uh, Bill Drummond, actually, of the KLF, was our woodwork teacher. And he spent the whole weekend making a bed, um, sort of live, uh, outside. Um, so people could just come and talk to him while he was making the bed for his son. And it was all about the philosophy of this bed. And, uh, and he was trying to more or less do it without power tools. Um, and it was just really, really good fun. And we thought, wouldn't it be fantastic to try and start something like, like, like that full time in London? So we went to see an estate agent, found a place, and um, you know, a year of complete hell and stress later, it's, uh, we've been open for about six months. Mm -hmm. So uh, when I was listening to you talk yesterday, uh, we're at the Hello Etsy conference, and um, you were saying how uh, the, the idler dream uh, isn't quite realisable. Um, can you explain why the idler is a bit of a misnomer? Well, the, the point there is, ever since we started the idler, um, people have accused me of working too hard. Um, you know, you say you're an idler, but um, you must put a lot of mag work into creating this magazine. Uh, and then I moved down to the countryside and um, started to experiment with small holding. We had chickens and vegetables and so on. And then everyone said, well, that's hard work as well. Um, so you're not really an idler. And um, now, now I'm a shopkeeper, um, and you have to open the shop at half past nine and stay there until 6.30. Actually, we do have some staff to help now. Um, so that's not really idle either. Uh, but, and, but I have always actually been incredibly... I am really, really lazy. It really is true. Um, <laughs> and, uh, I don't like working. I didn't like being in a full-time job. Um, but I don't mind working when it's something that I've chosen to do. Uh, and also, as long as I can have a nap... Um, so even, even when we've been working really hard in the shop, I've been waking up at half past six worrying about it and then, you know, getting on the computer. Um, and, and then we will have an event in the evening, so it's quite a long day. Uh, I'll still manage to get a, a sleep after lunch at some point, usually. And when I, when I was writing books at home, um, I would work for three to four hours a day in the morning, and that was really about it. So... The idler really is about freedom. So for me, it's always been about, you know, creating your own living situation. Um, but yeah, the, the, unfortunately, you have the, the other point is that, you know, you sit around doing nothing, you have all these ideas, because that's where ideas come from, generally, not when you're working, but when you're not working. Um, and uh, so you have these ideas and then you start doing them. And then you realize actually there's an awful, awful lot of work involved in carrying this idea through but you've started it's too late so <laughs> yeah we made a mistake opening a shop but it's too late now yeah. um, but we are, we are we're, I'm going to look at uh, a bit like the Etsy conference um, what I'm really interested in is uh, you know a new kind of entrepreneurialism mm -hmm. so uh, wh what kind of people do you get uh, into your shop to do the workshops and events like what uh, mention some names for us the, the, the kinds of people who give them. Mm -hmm. Well, we've had Louis Theroux giving talks, um, Will Self. Uh, we've had, um, I don't know if these, if these names are just well-known to people in England. Um, we've had Rachel Johnson, Boris Johnson's sister. She's the editor of the Lady magazine. 
Uh, oh dear, who else have we got? Um, we had, we've got a series of three very good writers at the moment, one called Brian Aldiss, uh, another called Philip Knightley. And a very popular course has been ancient philosophy, Greek philosophy. And that's with a guy called Mark Vernon, who also teaches at the School of Life. Um, that's been a good one. Uh, I can't think of any more offhand right now. Um, who, uh, who would be your favourite? Do you have one? Well, I've really enjoyed the ancient philosophy classes. They've been really, really good. Um, what he's doing is teaching us about... Uh, it's a really amazing period in uh, ancient Greece from just before Socrates um, to the, for about two or three hundred years. And this is when a lot of uh, philosophies that we still use today were invented. Um, the Stoics, the Cynics, uh, the Epicureans, the Skeptics. And these were all schools uh, of, of thought in ancient Greece. And all of them were based on uh, the work of Socrates. or n Not the work, because he never actually wrote anything down. Um, <laughs> so it's been fa fascinating to find out. But, you know, this character Socrates is amazing. You know, they, they used to kind of drink all night. And he, he didn't wear shoes. He had a horrible nagging wife, you know. Um, <laughs> And, uh, and he never charged for his teaching, you know, that's why his wife hated him, because he'd come home from, like, drinking all night and teaching with no money in his pocket. Um, what's the point of all his teaching? So, I mean, little stuff like that that we're learning, it's just really, really... Uh, it's just very interesting for its own sake, you know. Um, oh, I don't, do you get QI here, the QI, the TV uh, show? I do, but right. <laughs> maybe not everybody knows that. No, OK, but the, the people who do QI, um, John Lloyd and John Mitchinson, they're doing a QI evening. Um, in a few weeks' time, so it's very broad. Uh, we've we've had carpentry workshops in the basement today. Actually, there's a workshop to make a a diddly bow, which is a one-string guitar. Um, so you have one string that you stretch on a large piece of wood, and he, he teaches you how to make these. Um, and then you play it with a slide, so it's like a sort of uh, oh, deep right. South American blues kind mm. of uh, bluegrass guitar. Um, so that's great. So you, you come in, you, 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 you learn how to make it, you make one, you take one home, you got one. Mm -hmm. So that, that kind of practical stuff. Uh, the other thing that we really like is medieval and Tudor music. Um, so we've had lots of these early music evenings. That's really good fun because um, that was like medieval music was like pop music, really, because there was a drum, uh, a, a, the equivalent of a guitar, a lute or a sitar or something like that, recorder, and then people would sing these kind of lusty folk songs, quite, quite bawdy sometimes. Um, so that's been a really good one, uh, and and the small business courses that that's been good too. You know how to start your own small business. And how do you find the people to run these workshops? How do you get in touch with them? Well, they're they're generally people that we know or I've met um, over the over the years. Other journalists, teachers, um, people also come and propose themselves. So, for example, we're having a, a rhetoric class. Um, and the rhetoric teacher, I think he was recommended by someone else I know. So that, that's, that's, that's quite easy. There's lots of great people out there who are teaching, um, lots of eccentric people. Mm -hmm. The other good thing I think about it is that, you know, we're, we're providing a lot of uh, work for people. Um, and, uh, well, not only the, 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 well, we've got one full-time staff member, but also all these teachers. So I think it's, it's great... Um, if you are an independent person, to do a bit of teaching, you know, alongside your other work, um, it's a good extra source of income uh, and could be part of your sort of portfolio. Uh, so I think that's exciting as well that, you know, and the, all the courses are quite expensive. We price them quite highly um, just because we want to be able to buy good wine for people and have a, have a good party for them in the evening and also to pay the, um, 
the teacher well or reasonably well and also make sure that we get properly paid mm-hmm. um, so yeah it's um it's not difficult to find them there's loads of great people out there and uh, you, you were uh, telling me earlier just before we started recording about um, two different kinds of business people yeah um, why don't you tell the recorder about that okay well uh, this, is, <laughs> this is what I've been thinking recorder about this um, <laughs> but if you read something if you read the uh, financial pages in the newspaper or, or read a financial newspaper e.g. financial times in, in London um it's not about small business, it's about big business. Um, and that's a completely different thing. It's about uh, corporate uh, mergers, it's about share price, you know. That's the system that, um, actually, in, in starting a small business, I'm trying to get away from, um, in a sense, because I think the kind of business that is exciting is probably won't ever go near the stock market. Um, they're not going to sell their shares uh, and have them publicly traded by people. Um, and the people who go into that business, you know, that's, I suppose, that's what most people think of as business, the businessman with his suit and tie going to corporate meetings in really boring hotels, holiday inns and stuff like that. Um, but there's, a complete, there's, a, there's a, this whole other world of business which is happening, you know, in London, um, massively here in Berlin, uh, which is young people with great creative ideas who want to um, do something they enjoy, uh, whether that's running a cafe, setting up a publishing company or whatever it is. Um, and that's something completely different. And these are people who actually really are interested in what they're doing. Um, you quite often hear this slogan used uh, far too much in business uh, communications, uh, or the word passionate, passionate about you know whatever you're doing. So some kind of giant, massive company. Um, I can't think of a really good example. It, it started in, in England with uh, a company called Pret-a-Manger, a sandwich seller. And they said passionate about food. And this company became absolutely massive, and it, that was its phrase, passionate about food. And I always thought it must be absolute nonsense, because um, the person who found it wasn't particularly interested in, in, in um, lunchtime sandwiches. He was just interested in making lots of money. So he's not passionate about food, he's passionate about profits, you know. Um, so they're just sort of lying, and also I think the people who are... There, are... there might be some people, I think there are some people probably in publishing who really do love books, you know. Um, but... But really, uh, when you look at the way uh, the, the boards of directors work, they move around from board to board, from different company to different company. So the chairman of Spiller's Dog Food you know, might quit and then become chairman of EasyJet or something. Um, the chairman of the Guardian newspaper, when I used to work there, um, is now the chairman of EasyJet. Um, so she wasn't really interested in newspapers um, <laughs> or aeroplanes particularly. She was just interested in business. What she's interested in is earning a million pounds a year, basically. Um, and this is one way of doing it, to, to do it through the corporations. Um, but to me, that's sort of boring. Um, what's happening here is more of like a sort of punk attitude to business. Um, and yes, you have to be... Or, you know, what happens when a bohemian starts their own business? That, that's the difficult thing. That's what I'm, I find difficult with the shop as well. Um, you're sort of bohemian layout, layabout. You don't want a job. So you start your own business. <laughs> Um, but you know it's actually really hard work and you've got to be really well organised otherwise you're not going to make any money and what's the point you know um, also I think what's difficult for people uh, and what's changing and what this conference is really good about is um, you know doing business in a, in a sort of ethical way um, because uh, you know you sort of worry my god I thought I was a sort of a punk and now I'm just a, a businessman selling stuff have I sold out or something 
You know, and I see sometimes get that with people. You say you're anti-capitalist, but you sell T-shirts on your website. <laughs> you know, it's like no, actually, it's the same thing because you know, I made the comment in my talk. Uh, this is an old quote by G.K. Chesterton, who was a 1920s intellectual. The problem with capitalists, sorry, the problem with capitalism is that there are not enough capitalists. Uh, so most of us are working for the man. Um, uh, so in, in a way, you've got to become the man yourself, uh, but not the evil man, a good man. No, hang on, I'm getting lost with my metaphors here. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, but that, that's what I'm seeing uh, really popping up. So, uh, you know, even I was thinking, uh, and it's great that this actually thing's happening because to make it an aspiration for young people um, to start your own business, not because you're a tosser, you know, and, and in England we have this, um, you know, because entrepreneurs can be just, you know, bastards, basically. Um, and we have the, the programs like Dragon's Den yeah, you have, and, yeah. um, you know, The Apprentice. And you're just, the, the, the more horrible a person you are, the more kind of you know, amoral, vicious, competitive, greedy, um, all, the, all the vices, the better, uh, as far as The Apprentice or Dragon's Den is concerned. You've just got to be a complete bastard. Um, <laughs> And that's what you're told to get on in business. Um, you got to you got to be brutal. Um, you know, uh, it's a race. Um, you got to be sort of macho and kick everyone else out of the way, um, and beat them up and be the winner. You know, um, but this other attitude to business—that's what's exciting. Um, uh, but you have to you have to realise that you've got to be quite well organised as well. That's what we're learning. You know. You can't be too laid back because it's just not funny if, for a customer to go into a, a laid back cafe <laughs> where you don't get you get ignored you know they forget your order um it comes too late the coffee's cold that's just that's not laid back that's just incredibly annoying um so i said to our staff look we, we've got to stop being so laid back <laughs> um and and you know get this a bit better organized and jesse um who i work with so but won't we lose the charm i was like no, it's not charming. Being crap is not charming. You know, it's just really annoying. Uh, so I think that's probably that maybe one difficulty that the the bohemian anarchist punk, you know, layabout might have when they start their own business. Mm -hmm. And um, finally, I really enjoyed your description of what you've seen uh, at the Helvetia conference and um, how the atmosphere here is so different. Uh, describe what you've seen this weekend and uh, why why you enjoy it. Well, I was just thinking about this coming um, coming here in the cab this morning. Um, business conferences usually, and I have been to a couple, I, I can't remember why, but um, <laughs> are, are really, really boring and everyone hates them. It's PowerPoint presentations, uh, flip charts, whiteboards, um, clipboards. Everyone's wearing really boring clothes and in suits and everything. Um, and no one likes them. Everyone, people can't wait to get out of it. You're, you're, you know, you're stuck in a stuffy boardroom um, having to listen to this kind of you know, propaganda from the, the, the owner of the business or whatever it is. Um, they look boring and they are boring. But this Etsy conference is just so not boring. Um, uh, and also, it's full of humour um, and wit and style and just the appearance of everybody. Everybody's dressed colourfully and stylishly. And, um, you know, there's a lot of really young people in the audience as well. Uh, and it just, it's just like a sort of lively, colourful, um, creative... Uh, you know, slightly anarchic approach to business, which I think is really inspiring. Thank you very much. Thank you. It's been a pleasure talking <laughs> to you.